Our scripture reading this morning is from Hebrews 13, verses 1 through 3 and 5 through 8. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Shelley. Today we continue our summer of love with what the world needs now. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. The song, What the World Needs Now, and I know in your head you're saying, is love, sweet love, was released two years before the summer of love and was written against the backdrop of the Vietnam War. Hal David, who wrote the lyrics, reflected on his process for his, this particular song. He was living with his family, um, his spouse, and rambunctious children in Long Island, and would drive each day into Manhattan to meet Burt Bacharach to work on music together. He says, with the kids at home, it was hard for me to find somewhere quiet to work, so I would drive into town slowly, which would give me the opportunity to think and get ideas. He would write in his head during the ride. One day, coming in, seeing the skyline, he got those famous first two lines of the chorus, what the world needs now is love sweet love that's the only thing that there's just too little love but in working on the verse section he says when i began to write the first verse everything i thought about just seemed off we don't need a plane to fly faster we don't need a submarine to go deeper. No. I tried and tried. I showed it to Bert, and we both decided to put it away and go on to something else. In a month or two or three, he writes, I tried it again. It was always the same thing. I needed something to compare it to, and everything I thought about had nothing to do with the person I was talking to God. It took more time to write these lyrics than any other. 
I realized I didn't need to write the antithesis, what we didn't need. Oh, I realized I needed to write the antithesis, what we didn't need. And one day on the ride to New York, it came to me. Lord, we don't need another mountain. There are mountains and hills, I lost the tune, enough to climb. <laughs> there are oceans and rivers, enough to cross, enough to last till the end of time. Yeah, that was really bad, sorry. But when he sang it or wrote it, what up, that sounded real, real good, right? Lord, we don't need another mountain. We don't need, we have mountains and hillsides enough to climb. There are oceans and rivers enough to cross, enough to last until the end of time. So what do we need? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Our scripture today is from Hebrews, which was either written by Paul or someone who had been trained by Paul. It is a book of um, encouragement or exhortations to the early Jewish Christians to help them to keep their faith in Jesus Christ and to not go back to previous ways. Now, when I heard or thought about this scripture all week long, even unto yesterday, as I admitted to Nancy, who was like, you don't know what you're preaching on? I was like, I've been thinking about it all week. I don't know. I was just hearing all of these, this scripture as just kind of this listing of things that didn't seem to have much cohesion, right? Show mutual love. Oh, yeah, love the prisoner. Oh, yeah, think about people who have been tortured and, you know, think about like you would have been tortured too, like, you know, find some, some commonality with them. Oh, yeah, think about your leaders and their faith. And it just seemed to be like these really random things. Oh, show love to the stranger. Maybe you entertained an angel without even knowing it. And I just was like, what does any of this have to do with one another? Until I read the scripture from the message, which is a paraphrase of the scripture, I found it just a little bit different. Stay on good terms with one another, held together by love. Be ready with a meal or a bed when it's needed. Why, some have extended hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Regard prisoners as if you were in prison with them. Look on victims of abuse as if what happened to them had happened to you. Don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us, I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you, we can boldly quote, God is there ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Who or what can get to me? Appreciate your pastoral leaders who gave you the word of God. Take a good look at the way they live and let their faithfulness instruct you as well as their truthfulness. Here's the part that spoke to me. There should be a consistency that runs through us all. For Jesus doesn't change, 
Yesterday, today, tomorrow, he's totally himself. There is a consistency that runs through us all. I believe that consistency is love. As I mentioned earlier, yesterday, Jimbo and Nancy and I uh, volunteered on the Habitat Build, and we were working in a group with just a couple of other people, and one of the people in our group was a future Habitat homeowner, not the one that we are building a home for, but um, that will have a home in the area we were building. I don't know if you know much about Habitat, Hopefully you do, as Carol shares with us, a lot about Habitat. But for those who are in the program to receive, not receive, but buy a house um, from Habitat, they do take out a mortgage and do all sorts of things. Um, But they also have to put in like a lot of hours of sweat equity. And so um, we had a couple of future homeowners there helping, and we had one in particular in our group. And immediately, we were drawn to her. She was funny and friendly and open. I will call her Carla. That's not her name, but I'll call her Carla. About halfway through the day, she found out I was a pastor. I don't usually lead with that because one of two things happens. One, it completely shuts down any conversation. Or two, people start feeling like they they need to prove to me how spiritual they really are. Just be yourself. I'm fine. It's good. So she came up to me and she was like, Pastor, I wonder if you'd help me with something. And if you don't want to, that's okay. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. But of course, I said, oh, yeah, lay it on me. What, What are you thinking about? She started telling me that she was reading through the Bible, and she had begun with Genesis. And Genesis and Exodus went okay. And then she got to Leviticus. And she was just like, now, some of the stuff that it says to do seems really weird. Do I need to follow all of that to be walking in God's way? I mean, she was serious. She was like, I mean, it says there not to wear any metal. But then I see people who are wearing metal crosses all the time, so I don't understand. So we had a great kind of ongoing conversation throughout the afternoon about what really is important in the life of faith. I shared with her that I think it's really important to understand the context from which a scripture is written, you know, who the people were that were to hear the scripture originally, who wrote it, what the purpose might have been. And as Leviticus was written for ancient Israelites, probably the things written there are not going to translate directly to our more modern lives because we live differently than ancient people. And so some of these things don't make a lot of sense, like don't wear a cotton blend or don't eat shrimp or whatever. This led us to talking about the New Testament and Jesus. 
and the story about when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment that Jesus said? And I hope you know it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. To which Carla responded, oh, so if I filter my life through love, I should be doing okay? I was doing that already. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're going to be all right. So we've been talking about love all summer. And it's been more than just kind of a fluff piece, at least for me. I know that in the summer we're kind of all over the place, and you might not have caught every sermon, but every week for July and August we've considered love from a different aspect. And next week will be our last week, so we're drawing to a close. And while I am looking forward to maybe something a little bit new, because summertime times drags on, I have found such value in considering love as the filter for everything I do. And I hope you have found some value in that too. In fact, Jimbo and I were talking about this sermon series last week. So Saturday night, um, Jim and I had the opportunity to go see the Broncos-Cowboys preseason game. Um, We only left an hour early, and we should have left like three hours early. And it was an interesting, interesting experience. Traffic was a nightmare. People were angry and upset and zipping around and cutting people off. And we thought we were almost there and we realized the road was closed and we had to go around. It added like a half an hour, you know, to go like two miles onto our trip. And we talked about how stressful situations can sometimes lead people to lose all sense of themselves and their values. (laughs) And even if we're in the midst of just a silly traffic jam, I always want my family's default to be patience, love, and grace, even if we miss kickoff. And for goodness sake, people need to learn to zipper, right? Zipper, you know, like you go, I go, you go, right? Come on, just zipper. All right, if you don't know how to zipper, look that up. Traffic pattern of the zipper. All right. Of course, we got to the game. We had a fun time. But since it was Saturday night, I was like, I cannot stay out late. I have to preach tomorrow morning. And apparently, like half the stadium was also preaching the next day um, because we got into the parking lot, and it was a standstill for like 20 minutes at least, there was not even an inching forward. And there were all sorts of people, of course, waiting to back out. But you know, we had this line of people in the lane into which people were trying to back out. And we could see ahead of us like this SUV with the 
reverse lights on for like 20 straight minutes. And eventually when we started going a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, there were like four cars in front of us that were refusing to let this SUV back into the line of traffic. Now, Jimbo was in a very Jimbo mood, which means that he's like, why aren't we moving? And he gets out of the car and he starts looking around. He starts talking to people. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Who's not You know, he starts chatting with people and like joking, telling all these funny jokes, you know. And eventually he, he looks over to that SUV that's trying to back up. You know, they've got their windows down. They're like looking. They're just going, oh my gosh, we're never going to get out of here. And Jim's like, hey, I'll let you back up if you give me a dollar. <laughs> Everybody laughs. Ha, ha, ha. Like, 15 minutes later, when we actually got to the place where they could back up, of course, Jimbo let them back up. And the passenger from the car ran back with a dollar bill. <laughs> we have never laughed so hard. Jim, like, he gets out, he tries to take it back. They're like rolling out the windows. They're like, no, no, you let us in, you let us in. And that was such a moment. <laughs> because there are a lot of things our world does not need. It doesn't need more people fighting for themselves. We probably don't need more people shouting their opinions loudly or more entrenchment into our own beliefs or more heads down only thinking about what we need to get on, done or more reasons to consider ourselves better than others. But to offer goodwill, grace, and mutual love, I think that's something the world needs a little bit more of. And I invite you with me and Jimbo to offer just a little more into the world this week. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.